We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All Hit Radio. To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Come back again. I want you to stay the next time. Sometimes the world ain't kind When people get lost like you and me Just made a friend A friend is someone you need Welcome back to the X-Zone. I'm Rob McConnell and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. That is just on the shores of Lake Erie. And from our studio window, I can see the beautiful city of Buffalo, New York, just on the other side of where the Niagara River meets uh, the Lake Erie. And we're here with you seven days a week, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, and then different hours through different stations and affiliates on Saturday and Sunday. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to uh, find out more about the Exxon Radio Show, just go to exxonradiotv.com. And you're probably saying, well, what's the TV about? Well, that's because we also have the Exxon TV channel that is distributed around the world by our good friends Simul TV. And to find out more about the Exxon TV channel, visit www.simultv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is a Dr. Clark. He is the president of the Psychophysiologic Disorders Association. He is also a clinical assistant professor of gastro gastroenterology, there you go, and assistant director at the Center for Ethics at Oregon Health and Science University. He has more titles than I've ever seen before. Uh, and, and, and if I keep on telling you about him, my tongue is going to end up wrapped around my ear somewhere. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring the good doctor on. And Dr. Clark, thank you so much for joining us, sir. And it's a pleasure having you here. Great to be with you, Rob. Always happy to talk about my favorite subject. And tell our listeners what your favorite subject is. Well, it turns out to be uh, people who come to the doctor because of symptoms, just like you know any other person would do. Mm-hmm. But it turns out they don't have anything wrong with them that diagnostic tests can find. You know, they don't have an organ disease. They right. don't have a structural abnormality. But they've got symptoms that are perfectly real. Uh, most of the time, they end up getting frustrated by the healthcare profession, and the healthcare profession gets frustrated with them, frankly. <laughs> but it turns out that if you know what to look for, you can diagnose what's going on and treat what's going on just as successfully as anybody else. And I, I teach doctors about this all over North America and Europe. I teach mental health professionals, too, because it turns out mm-hmm. that it's all about stress in your life, past or present. Stress. Do you mean we live in stressful society and we have stressful situations each and every day in our lives? Yeah, I'm afraid so, Rob. And, uh, you know, as as is obvious to you and me and everybody else, uh, the stress business has gotten Mm. a lot tougher in the last couple of years with COVID pandemic and all the disruptions that's caused. Uh, So this form of illness uh, is, if anything, uh, more even more common than it used to be. And it used to be 40% of the people that would go to see a physician. 
I, I know for a fact that a lot of people I know, and in fact myself at times, get totally stressed out. Uh, there's no hiding it. COVID was a big stress killer. I fell off of the roof. I ended up in the hospital after shattering my, uh, shattering oh. my pelvis and my femur. Oh. I was under stress while I, this was happening. My mother, who lives in Montreal, fell, broke her hip. Subsequently, she died in the hospital. Oh, because, I'm so sorry. Yeah, because of COVID, we couldn't even get to, the, to see my, you know, to be with my, my dad and my brother. So that added stress. And then because of the business we're in, we had government regulations left, right, and center. And now that the pandemic is, seems to be winding down, and I use the word seems very carefully here, what caused a lot of stress seems to be going away, but the people that were affected are still stressed out. Yeah, it's been hugely uh, disruptive for people. Um, you know, they've they've oftentimes lost jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, they've had to isolate from loved ones. Yeah. Um, the uh, the whole economy has been uh, turned upside down. People have lost their homes because of lost income. Yep. Uh, you know, the list just uh, goes on and on. And when when stress is is higher, um, the body has to deal with it. And one of the ways that it sometimes copes with it is that symptoms can be generated uh, in the brain, that sensations uh, coming from the body that would normally not be even noticed suddenly are uh, creating pain or they're creating uh, ringing in the ears, any of a whole long host wow. of physical symptoms in the body, gastrointestinal symptoms, uh, nausea, vomiting, constipation, diarrhea, you know, which is how I got into this field in the first place, uh, difficulty swallowing, visual disturbances, headaches, um, numbness and tingling in the extremities, back pain is a huge one, neck pain. Um, you know, it's it was astounding to me really? when I first began in this field the sheer number of symptoms that people could get and the severity and the duration. I've had people who have been in the hospital over this, uh, people who've had these symptoms for years or even decades. Uh, but I don't want to be, you know, start off your show with, with nothing but downers here. The, the good news is that by knowing what to look for, we can identify the causes of this and we can make a huge difference. I've seen, you know, wonderful outcomes, even in people who've suffered from this uh, for years, just by uh, uncovering the stresses and addressing those issues, uh, people can get, uh, get much, much better. How did you get started in this field, sir? You, you alluded to it you know, in in a, in a brief period a few minutes ago, but what got you started full tilt? Yeah, well, I went through the first seven years of my formal education and training, uh, which is typical for uh, physicians even today, uh, mm -hmm. not knowing anything at all about this. But I encountered a patient who was severely ill. She was referred to us uh, where I was at UCLA by another university because they, they couldn't make anything out of uh, what was going on with her. We had some specialized testing that we did, but that was normal too. Um, so I was interviewing her at the end saying, you know, pretty much to say we didn't have anything more to offer, but I asked her one more time about various things, including stress. And to my shock, discovered that she was coping with an enormous stress in her life, actually one that had its source uh, when she was a child, which turns out to be very common uh, in people with stress-related illness that they went through adversity of one sort or another as a child, and it's still affecting them years or decades later. And at the time, I didn't know if stress as a child could make you physically ill as an adult. She was 37 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, she'd been ill for two years. But there was a psychiatrist at UCLA that I knew was interested in these issues. And uh, I connected the two of them up for an appointment, uh, not thinking anything would come of it. But a few months later, I uh, was surprised again to learn that the psychiatrist had cured this woman of her illness completely. Uh, the patient was having no symptoms at all anymore, uh, just with counseling sessions once a week for uh, two or three months. And that, that just shocked me. There was nothing in my medical education or training that said that such a thing was possible. So I, I prevailed on the psychiatrist to mm -hmm. kind of give me some pointers and give me a framework for how to think about this condition and thinking, you know, it might come in handy from time to time. 
uh, only to find out when I got into practice that I was seeing five or six patients like this every week, that it was incredibly common, uh, and that the mental health profession wasn't usually that comfortable with people who were physically ill. So I had to take on a lot of responsibility uh, for this group of patients myself. And uh, I was a beginner, you know, at first, but even as a beginner, uh, these ideas were effective enough that I was helping people more than the rest of the um, healthcare system was helping them. And people got better, and that encouraged me to continue. And now here we are, I think it's 38 years later, and 7,000 plus patients. Wow. Uh, and, you know, I got pretty good at it. So you're one of the pioneers of, of looking into stress and helping people better understand themselves, thus alleviating the, the stress. And uh, I, I would also imagine that counseling really helps. Is counseling the key? Counseling is the key, but it has to be the right kind. Uh, the, the prevailing form of counseling out there right now in most places is called cognitive behavioral therapy, but right. that turns out to be more about helping people cope with their symptoms than it uh. is about actually alleviating their symptoms. So there's a number of colleagues of mine uh, scattered around the country who kind of independently arrived at some of these same conclusions. And we had a big conference in 2009 in Ann Arbor where we got to to share ideas and we we were just you know, had a tremendous meeting of the minds at that conference you know we were finishing each other's sentences right. we were uh, discussing each other's patients as if we knew them personally I mean it was uh, a remarkable meeting and we formed a a nonprofit corporation after that called the Psychophysiologic Disorders Association. Doctor, I hate uh, to do this. I've got to take my break. Please stand by, sir. You bet. Exonation, our guest is Dr. David Clark, MD, and we're talking about stress this hour. He's also the author of They Can't Find Anything Wrong. Dr. Clark and I return on the other side of this break. Two websites, ppdassociation.org and endchronicpain.org. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. David Clark, MD, is our special guest this hour. Two websites, PP, I'm sorry, ppdassociation.org and endchronicpain.org. Uh, does 
stress fall into a mental illness category? Or does it fall into a physiological category? You know, it's a great question. I think of it as a physiologic category because these symptoms are, for one thing, they're 100% real and they're generated by a physiologic process mm -hmm. in the brain. This is the, the point that uh, many people struggle with is that they feel, let's say, pain in their low back. Right. And so they naturally, and so do their doctors, just feel like, well, the pain must be coming from there. But it turns out there's a whole other category of pain uh, that can be generated by the brain. And it's generated by the brain because there are anatomic changes in the nerve circuits in the brain. And those nerve circuits have been altered by stress. And the resulting symptoms can feel every bit as real and every bit as severe as mm -hmm. pain that is actually being generated in the location where you feel it. The classic example of this is called phantom limb pain, which right. happens to people who've had an amputation right. where they feel pain in the location of their missing limb. It mm -hmm. obviously can't be coming from the, uh, the place where the person is feeling it because that limb is no longer there. Uh, it's being generated by the brain. Um, but those symptoms, again, they're, they're perfectly real. They're per generated by a physiologic process. But the, to pick up a little bit where we left off uh, in the last segment, the, uh, the therapy for this, the psychological treatment for this, uh, goes beyond cognitive behavioral therapy, and it goes into uh, identifying um, the particular stresses that a person is suffering from, which may be from their childhood or it may be in their life at the moment. Uh, it also involves identifying emotions that people may have, usually negative emotions like anger or fear um, that people may not fully recognize they have. Um, many of my patients have been tremendously angry at people that they also still care about. And so consequently, that anger is kept um, behind a wall, so mm -hmm. to speak, and they're, they're not consciously aware of it. And the therapy process that we use um, helps to bring that into people's awareness so that they can start talking about it, start doing some writing about it, journaling about it. And the more they can do that, the more they can put um, negative emotions uh, into words, the less those emotions need to express themselves uh, into their body in the form of symptoms. So it's a, it's a whole different kind of psychotherapy that uh, my colleagues and I practice to actually alleviate these symptoms. Um, but the research is showing us that uh, uh, it's much more effective than uh, prevailing forms of treatment like CBT and um, acceptance and commitment therapy, for sure. example. How do your patients feel when they go to see you for a physical pain and they end up in therapy for the pain instead of getting either a magic pill or a, a procedure? So, are it, so I imagine that what we're looking at here is that a neurological disorder. Yeah, it can be uh, thought of in that way. Um, you know, when patients come in, they're looking for solutions. They right. they want to have um, alleviation of their symptoms if they can possibly get it. And mm -hmm. so when I'm doing an evaluation, I'm considering that they might have an organ disease or a structural abnormality. I'm going to need to do diagnostic tests to make sure those things are not present. Um, but if they're not, then we need to look uh, for other causes. You know, symptoms don't happen just out of the blue. Symptoms True. happen for a reason. So we need to uh, start investigating for sources of stress. Um, were, was the person under stress as a child? Were they mistreated? Were they made to feel like second-rate human beings? Um, are they under stress at the moment? What's going on in their life uh, right now? Um, another issue is um, many of my patients are the kinds of people that take care of everybody else in their world, but they they struggle to put themselves on the list of people they take care of. And that can catch up with you after a while. You mentioned childhood. Do a lot of people have an aha moment when you start the therapy and you're able to trace back part of this problem of their stress being something that happened years and years and years ago in their childhood? They certainly do. Um, one of the key questions that I ask people, especially, you know, a lot of people look back, you know, none of us has a parallel life to compare with. So True. when people look back, uh, 
they'll say, you know, my childhood had some issues, but it wasn't that bad. You know, I know other people have been through worse than what I went through. And I've kind of left that in the past. Now it's really not affecting me anymore. But many times I'll ask uh, people who are insisting on this to imagine a child that they care about uh, who is now growing up exactly as they did. For example, you could imagine yourself as a butterfly on the wall of your childhood home, and you're having to watch uh, a child that you care about try to cope with that environment. And since you're a butterfly on the wall, you can't do anything about it except watch. And how does that make you feel to watch that happening? And a lot of my patients would be just horrified to, uh, to have an innocent child go through what they did. Sure. And that helps them realize uh, and connect with um, the reality of what they experienced. And then we can go to work on that. We can help them um, address some of the consequences uh, from that experience. And that, in turn, leads to uh, improvement in their symptoms. So, so what are some of the long-term impacts of adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs? <clears throat> ACEs is a, um, a huge thing in uh, healthcare nowadays. Uh, the surveys have found that um, as many as one adult in six has suffered at least four of them. So, and that's, that's a huge impact uh, to go through that. And the long-term consequences... Uh, include uh, the unrecognized negative emotions uh, that I mentioned before. Right. It, it includes uh, low self-esteem. Uh, many people who come from those uh, ACEs environments have a focus on pleasing other people, uh, and they'll do that you know, even to their own detriment. They're often perfectionists. They're often uh, much more critical of themselves than they ever would be of another person. Uh, they have a tendency to choose... Um, um, life partners or romantic partners who are um, less than supportive of them, let's put it that way, who mm -hmm. may even be uh, narcissistic. Um, and so they can become uh, codependent on them because they, they grew up in environments where they um, had little choice but to be uh, uh, almost infinitely supportive of the people with the problems in their environment. Um, <clears throat> there's a tendency for them to live on uh, high alert, um, there's a tendency for them to need a lot of external validation in their lives. Um, the, um, on the other hand, more positively, uh, in order to survive those childhood environments, they tend to be very reliable and detail-oriented. They know what it's like to suffer, so they tend to be compassionate towards other people, although sometimes that can be taken to an extreme. Mm -hmm. um, so a, a lot of these personality uh, traits that they carry with them into the adult years can be sources of stress. And if we can find the roots of those, uh, those personality traits, the, particularly the low self-esteem, we can help people turn these things around, thereby reducing the stress level, thereby reducing the symptom level. Are there certain professions that are prone to stress? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, the, one of the common denominators um, is when you're lacking uh, control of mm -hmm. your work environment. Um, you know, and that can happen in um, <clears throat> almost any line of work um, where the, um, the level of the workload, the level of the demands that are placed on you um, are at a point where you don't have much uh, – say about it you don't have much uh, control about it. you're being asked to do things that um, you don't um, have the ability to uh, to change or manage and and that's that covers a lot of different uh, sure professions does. we've seen it particularly in the healthcare profession these days where we get we've gotten these yeah. waves of covid patients that have rolled in um, over and over and over again over the last uh, 18 months um, and it's been e extremely hard on my colleagues uh uh, who are on the front lines of the healthcare system, uh, and that it's there's research on this as well that um, people who suffer an acute back injury, for example, or acute back pain in the workplace, mm -hmm. um, the X-rays of their backs doesn't predict uh, whether the, that acute pain is going to go on to be uh, you know long-lasting chronic pain. What predicts that better 
is uh, characteristics of their workplace, uh, how much control they have over their jobs, gotcha. what kind of supervision they're getting. Those are the things that predict whether somebody's back pain is going to transition from short term to long term. All right, Dr. Standby, we've got to take another break. And when we come back, Exonation more with our very special guest this hour, Dr. David Clark, MD, and two websites for you ppdassociation.org and nchronicpain.org. We'll be back on the other side of this break. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't forget, check out Classic 1220 CFAJ. Their website is, 12, is classic1220.ca. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. To all our affiliates who are now joining us around the world, welcome. Our guest this hour is Dr. David Clark, MD. We're talking about stress. Dr. Clark is the author of They Can't Find Anything Wrong. And uh, here's two websites, ppdassociation.org and nchronicpain.org. Doctor, with the amount of stress that kids are under these days, uh, are we going to, are, are you seeing an increase in, in, children that are coming to the ER, going to their, their regular doctor with signs and symptoms of, of something else, but it's all stress-related? Yeah, my colleagues uh, in pediatrics uh, are definitely seeing that. Um, and I, my own practice uh, it goes down as low as the early adolescent years. I don't see the younger children, mm -hmm. but um, absolutely the adolescents are, uh, you know, with all of the uh, school disruption that's been going yeah. on, the social isolation that they've had to deal with, you take all of the usual uh, teenage stresses that they have to cope with and then throw the, all of this uh, COVID-related um, uh, problems on top of that, and uh, absolutely it creates um, a higher stress situation. One of the, um, the challenges with the adolescent population is that they are still living in the households that uh, sometimes are uh, are highly stressful. Right. And so you have to understand not only the stresses that the individual teenager is coping with, but also sometimes the dynamics of what's happening in the family with the mom and dad or whoever else is the uh, uh, the primary caregiver. So that makes it uh, even more of a challenge uh, diagnostically. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, many times the, the parents in those situations mean well. Uh, they may be putting a lot of pressure on their kids without uh, intending to. And once they realize uh, the nature of the situation that's being created in that household, they're uh, frequently more than willing to make a few changes to, to take the pressure off. So those can be uh, very uh, therapeutically rewarding situations to work with as well. So what can we do to educate the public, even at a very early stage in, in, in elementary school, high school, and, uh, you know, 
teach people at the workplace what to do, how to alleviate this stress in order that, you know, the medical community isn't inundated with all these stress-related cases? Well, I think it starts with just recognition that uh, stress is capable of this, that uh, it is capable of producing, you know, real physical pain, um, other uh, Mm non-pain physical symptoms. That's the the most basic idea that uh, still hasn't become widely known uh, in society. And it's it's ironic because just in the last month, we've had uh, two major research studies uh, that were published. One of them is called the Boulder Back Pain Study, and they used psychological techniques, a particular one called pain reprocessing therapy on people who'd had back pain for an average of 10 years. And they just got you know, two one-hour sessions a week for four weeks, and their their pain scores just dropped from an average of four or five uh, down to zero or one, wow. and they stayed at that low level for a full year, uh, even though the therapy was only for a month, and they compared this with two control groups, uh, and those two control groups, one was an injection into the spine, um, and you know, those those individuals didn't you know, get any improvement at all. So just this whole concept that, uh, number one, stress can cause real physical symptoms, and number two, that there's um, um, viable, valid treatment available for this. Um, if this was widely known amongst the public uh, and amongst the healthcare profession, too, for that matter, um, it would make a huge difference. Uh, we would see uh, these patients go from just wandering the healthcare system with, um, you know, not getting the help mm-hmm. they need, which is unfortunately the current situation, to uh, being diagnosed and treated successfully like anybody else. And I think that recognition uh, will help people to uh, become more aware when there's too much stress in their life and they can take steps that are um, individually focused on their own needs. So why isn't this better well-known throughout the medical community as well as through the uh, through the world. Like, to me, it make, makes perfect sense what you're saying. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And it, it was, um, you know, a revelation to me, um, you know, back when I first started in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I've been asking myself since then why this isn't more widely known. And I think that the Basic reason for it is the the way we train healthcare professionals. We train one large group in the problems of the body, the structures, and the organs, and we train another large group, the mental health professionals, uh, in the issues of the mind. You know, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, bipolar disorder, what have you. But um, there isn't enough cross-training of the two groups. Uh, you know, anybody. Uh, who is possessed of a neck between, you know, their head and their chest has a connection between their brain and their body. Um, And the influence of the one on the other, and it goes in both directions, uh, can be profound. So we need um, the healthcare profession to, um, uh, you know, each group that I just mentioned Mm -hmm. to be aware of of the issues in the other group. And once, once we see that, um, these patients will go from being highly frustrating for most uh, physicians to being among the most rewarding to care for. I know that there are certain neuroblocks that are used by neurologists. Is there any such research being done on what can be done to block the stress points so that the person does not feel the stress and that the stress that they're feeling does not cause any physiological ailments? Well, I'm not even sure that you would want to do that because we, we need to be able to respond to stress. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's part of our uh, survival mechanism. You know, it's, it's been part of us as uh, organisms, um, you know, ever since we had to uh, run from cave bears uh, you know, eons ago. So we need that fight or flight okay. uh, response uh, to keep us alive, but is um, it, but, but is the flight uh, uh, the fight or flight response? Is that part of, of uh, a stress warning system? 
Absolutely is. Yes. Okay. And um, so we need that as a, you know, part of being a healthy functioning mm-hmm. organism. But when the stress level gets too high and we don't realize it, um, that's when we can start getting um, physical symptoms. And again, some of my patients have had these for years or even decades. But the good news is that we now have techniques that are um, backed up by the gold standard of research, randomized controlled trials. And, and there was a second one that was just published in September uh, from uh, Beth Israel Hospital in Boston that showed the same thing as the Boulder back pain study. If you do the right kind of psychotherapy, you can bring the uh, unconscious stresses uh into conscious awareness. People can use their cognitive skills to work on those right. things, and consequently, they get better. And they, they found the same wonderful outcomes in Boston that they did in Boulder. How about hypnosis or meditation? Would this help? Yes, the, the, those are good uh, adjunctive techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, m- mindfulness meditation uh, is a good one. Um, hypnosis has been tried. It, it depends... Uh, the benefit of hypnosis depends a lot on the uh, the skill of the practitioner. Yes. Um, but the uh, the study in Boston, in particular, did use mindfulness as a uh, control group, mm-hmm. and it wasn't quite as good as the um, um, what they call the psychophysiologic uh, stress reduction technique which involves um, making people aware of emotions, making people aware of deeper sources of stress like childhood stress. So we're able now uh, with the techniques that we have to go above and beyond um, mindfulness meditation in terms of the outcomes because the, uh, um, the psychophysiologic stress reduction technique uh, was light years ahead in terms of um, outcomes in terms of beneficial outcomes compared to the uh, mindfulness meditation. So we've, those are good, you know, and any form of self-care, mm-hmm. any form of taking time for your own personal enjoyment right. uh, is good. But uh, delving into the deeper sources of stress, delving into the repressed emotions and making yourself uh, aware of those, uh, that's even more powerful. And that's where professionals like yourself come in. Absolutely. Yes. And we're, we're training people how to use these techniques. We've got um, on the website uh, a, an online course that's based on the graduate school courses uh, that I teach uh, to uh, doctoral candidate students. But we've, we've removed the jargon from mm-hmm. it so that uh, even people who are not healthcare professionals uh, can take that course. Uh, we've got, uh, in addition to the book of mine that I wrote for the public, we've got a textbook Uh, called psychophysiologic disorders. And even though that's aimed at healthcare professionals, if you're a more, let's say, science-oriented reader, uh, we took the jargon out of that one too so that uh, anybody can read it. Doctor, please stand by. We have to take our final break. ExoNation, Dr. David Clark, MD, is our special guest. Here's two websites, ppdassociation.org and nchronicpain.org. We'll be back on the other side of this short break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. A combo meal. Single item at regular price. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. 
someone who's torn it apart And she's taken almost all that I've got But if you want, I'll try to love again Baby Dr. David Clark, MD, is our special guest, Exonation. He's the author of, you ready for this? They Can't Find Anything Wrong. And uh, two websites, ppdassociation.org and endchronicpain.org. As I said to you uh, during the break, Doctor, thank you so much for coming on the show and for the work that you're doing and getting out this very important message. Uh, so from all our listeners to you, sir, thank you. You're most welcome, and I greatly appreciate being on your show, Rob. Thank you. Well, the door is always open for you, Doctor. Love to have you back in the future. But tell me, we talked about uh, several ways. Uh, we talked about meditation. We talked about hypnosis. How important is the diet that a person, uh, you know, regula- not regulates, but regiments themselves with when it comes to stress or even working against stress? Yeah, well, I'm a big advocate of a healthy diet. You know, I like to follow in my own life what's called the Mediterranean diet, you know, a minimum of processed foods, lots of vegetables, not so much meat. uh, And, you know, that's going to be good for a healthy body. And anything that helps your body is going to help you cope with stress wherever it's coming from. Um, On the other hand, the diet can be taken uh, too far. A lot of people... Um, who have symptoms, particularly gastrointestinal symptoms, will, you know, whenever those symptoms flare up, they'll blame whatever they just ate. Right. And more often than not, it's just a coincidence, you know, that the, it's actually the stress that's causing their gastrointestinal symptoms to flare up and not uh, the food that they just ate. You know, if they're having a, a reaction 10 times out of 10 every time that they uh, ingest a certain uh, uh, food, then, um, you know, I'd be willing to concede they probably have a sensitivity to that. Um, but if they only have it occasionally, uh, then more likely, uh, much more likely is the fact that stress is causing their symptoms and, and not the uh, the food. But I've had some patients who keep eliminating things from their diet because they are blaming them for this symptom or the other. And they come into my office and they're down to white bread and rice and water. And there's really uh, you know no need for that. When we identify uh, the true cause of their symptoms, when we, we uncover the stresses that they're struggling with um, and the symptoms start to improve, they're able to reintroduce reintr- um, you know, all the foods that they used to avoid uh, back into their diet. And uh, it's a clear indication that they're, they're making progress. So what can we do as, as, as the public in order to help you get this message out there? Well, Anyone who's uh, personally experienced this um, and experienced improvement with the resources that are out there, whether it's the books uh, or there's an app uh, called Curable, you know, we're in the 21st century, so we've got apps for everything, but uh, the Curable folks have gone to uh, most of my most knowledgeable colleagues and uh, taken all their best ideas and you know, wrapped it into a really good user interface uh, that's helped, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people at this point. So when people improve, uh, whether it's from the books or the class, uh, the the online course uh, or the app, uh, if they go to their physicians and say, look, these these resources helped me, Um, you know, I I followed up on these uh, uh, approaches to uh, my chronic symptoms and I experienced improvement. And if the doctor hears that from uh, a patient or a couple of patients or three or four patients, uh, they're going to start looking into into it themselves. Um, these patients are so frustrating for doctors that they actually contribute to burnout. Um, in the in the UK, um, this population of patients is sometimes referred to as heart sink patients because when the doctor sees the name of one of these people on their list for the day, <laughs> their heart sinks. Um, 
But, you know, if you know what to do, if you know what questions to ask and what to do with the answers, and it's it's not difficult to learn. You know, we teach people um, in, you know, a couple of hours. Uh, there's one group, you know, not too far from you in the Albany, New York area. Yeah. Um, they got three hours of training uh, along these lines, you know, even less than there is in the online webinar course. And it just transformed their practice. They all of a sudden found they could diagnose people that they – that previously had them beating their heads against the wall. Um, and they were, one of them took me aside at a conference and said, uh, these concepts have put the joy back into my practice. It was so wonderful to hear that. I would imagine it is because the medical community was under stress before COVID. Yes. COVID just added it on. And even the time that a doctor takes with the uh, seeing the patients now has drastically decreased. I think here in Ontario, it's four minutes. Yeah, yeah it's it's um, it's difficult to assess a patient uh, for these issues uh, in four minutes. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you know, even in, under those kind of high pressure circumstances, uh, you can gather the information a little bit at a time. You know, what what stress is the person under at the moment? Um, what kinds of stresses did they experience as a child? Are they suffering from um, a bodily manifestation of a mental health condition like depression or anxiety or post-traumatic stress? You can, you can get that information from a patient uh, over a couple of visits and build up a, a picture of what's going on. The, the key thing is just to be aware of just how ill you can get uh, from these sources of stress. And once you take that into consideration, um, the, the outcomes that you get uh, become dramatically better. What you're talking about and, and the results of stress is truly eye-opening, truly eye-opening. And um, I, I, I'm sitting here listening to you and I, I'm seeing that stress may not show itself right away but it's kind of a when this when stress is diagnosed it's like the body is at its breaking point and it's like a pressure valve am i getting the right idea here yeah i mean it's the when the stress cannot be expressed in words when mm -hmm. people can't use their cognitive abilities to uh, cope with it um, because oftentimes they're not consciously aware of all the different places that the stress is coming from, then it tends to uh, end up getting expressed via the body. Um, you know, my, my very first patient, the one that, that baffled two universities, um, the, she just wasn't consciously aware of the magnitude of stress that she had uh, from her terrible childhood experience. Um, but once, once we were able to help her see that mm -hmm. and be able to talk about it and write about it, um, then those issues no longer had to manifest via her body. I wonder how many people who go through divorces really don't know that the amount of stress that they're under or they were under, they carry into the next relationship and you get stress on top of stress. And I'm, I'm sure that this, the, the ailments or going to the doctor must be a, a direct result of this as well. Yeah, I mean... Any source of stress can do it, and divorce is certainly a big one. Um, you know, as I mentioned, many of my patients who uh, were made to feel like second-rate human beings uh, when they were young, uh, or who were um, grew up in environments where they kind of took responsibility for um, older people in the family that had significant issues that they were coping with, um, they tend to choose partners for themselves, particularly early in their lives who have uh, a lot of needs um, and who no, don't necessarily treat them very well um, because that's what they grew up with. They grew up not being treated very well. They grew up with people that uh, demanded a lot from them, even as children. So it's only natural they fall into those same kinds of relationships uh, with their adult partners. Unreal. And it, it takes a long time to um, develop enough self-esteem and self-respect that uh, – you recognize you deserve something better in your life. Doctor, the time has come where we must say so long, but before that, I've got a minute that I would like to let you just give a message to the Exxon Nation tonight listening. What, what are your final thoughts, sir? 
Well, you know, we're here on a night when there's a full moon, mm -hmm. and we're 11 days before Halloween, so it feels like we should be talking about all kinds of uh, wild and strange things. But what we're actually talking about tonight is, uh, at long last, uh, in the last couple of years, got extremely rigorous science behind it. And uh, it's time for the healthcare profession uh, and for the public uh, to recognize just how important this issue is and to recognize that there's, there's tremendous hope uh, as well. Doctor, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Please, continued success. And uh, from our listeners and from everyone here, thank you very much for all the great work that you're doing. Thank you, Rob. It's been a pleasure. Take care, Doctor, and I hope to have you back on in the future. You betcha. Take care of yourself, sir, and your family. You too. ExoNation, our guest this hour has been Dr. David Clark, MD. Here's two websites, ppaassociation.org and endchronicpain.org. It's so nice to see the medical community and a doctor like Dr. Clark, you know, putting the pieces of the jigsaw together and that there is hope for people who suffer from stress and the pain that is associated with stress. And uh, I, I think it says it best in the, in the doctor's title of his book, They Can't Find Anything Wrong With Me. That's because, in my opinion, it's stress. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario. My name is Rob McConnell. Whatever you do, don't go away because I'll be back. have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba.